Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Pretty interesting couple days, no? On Wall Street. May was bad. June's been good. It's that simple? I don't want it to be. That makes me feel horrible. But the market's kind of trading that way. Showing nice gains. Setting up cash markets today for, uh, let's find stuff to buy. So, there was a report for the upbeat. There was a report that we kind of glommed onto that is giving us the upbeat feel. Ultimately, it looks like China's introduced a plan to boost the issuance of special local government bombs in an effort to stimulate growth through infrastructure projects and increased bank lending. So the Shanghai Composite up 3%. Governments, they've got a lot to lose. Therefore, they tend to manipulate, and they don't just let the economy go down at this point. So they kind of introduce stimuluses that aren't typically normally there. So everyone's hoping that a trade deal gets worked out between the U.S. and China, but if China can successfully stimulate its own economy by issuing bonds locally and telling people you don't got it in the United States. Um, if it can stimulate its economy, it can stimulate its stock market. The U.S., of course, is threatening more tariff action. China can presumably gain some leverage if their economy gains some stimulus or gains some ground. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross said he thinks a trade deal will get done eventually. Yet that view of matters isn't any surprise since it parrots the view held by Donald Trump. A lot of people are expecting a deal done in the G20 meeting later this month. Uh, probably not a deal. You're talking about a 40,000 piece of paper package put together. Probably not going to get done, but probably a lot of agreement to agree. It's kind of, right? It feels kind of yucky when I put it that way. Stock market's been on a tear since June 3rd. Um, Basically on the prescribed notion that the Federal Reserve will fix us. Cutting rates soon would be their course. Some people are hoping for 50 basis points in July. I think most people would be thrilled with 25 Oddly, it kind of vindicates the president that maybe the Federal Reserve shouldn't have raised interest rates in December of last year. So regardless, we feel that they're done raising rates, and it looks like there'll be a cut rate at some point. The index for final demand, the producer price index, uh, in May should jump out at you. Um, The index for final demand increased one-tenth of a percent. The index for final demand less food and energy increased two-tenths of a percent. The expected readings left the year-over-year changes at 1.8 and 2.3%. There's a moderation in producer price inflation. So, obviously, you got you, the consumer, and then you also got the the people who produce goods, right? A PPI is the producer price index. A CPI is the consumer price index. And all these reports come out, and they get strung along through the month. And then after three months, we put them all together and say, hey, this is what GDP is looking like. This is what the U.S.'s uh, business is pulling off. Treasury market was on defense ahead of the report. Ten-year Treasury notes sit at 2.16, 2.16. Um, again, that's a pretty good number if you're expecting 
wanting growth um, because it's cheap cost of money. And it's what China's trying to do where they're issuing bonds in local markets, produce some cheap kind of money. So buying momentum uh, is still out there today. I know, right? Treasury yields continue to decline. China announces the new stimulus, and we have a bullish day. Beyond Meat's down 25 today. Here's some BYND. After basically finishing its 600% gain since its IPO, it was downgraded. JP Morgan said price target of 121, um, and it's currently at 143. 121 still pretty. It's 121 still pretty. Uh, pretty much so. It was an underpriced IPO, but we're starting to see there's demand for that initial public offering. Maybe they could have made more money if they priced it higher to begin with, right? So you're seeing Amazon higher, Apple higher, Facebook higher. It, it's a pretty good day. With that said, I, I don't judge days and say I'm not a trader. Yeah, this is a momentum market, and I like the results that we're getting for the annual. But again, I'm just being honest to who I am. I'm not much of a trader, so I don't look at the day-by-day issues. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Um, I guess I could probably have a little bit more on Beyond Meat. They're launching a meatier version of its plant-based burger. But the stock got downgraded because the analysts, we believe, company's growth opportunity, strong management, and near-term ability to post financials that exceed Wall Street expectations are balanced by elevated valuation metrics. They're saying it's expensive. They're not saying anything like, oh, the, uh, the Beyond Meat burger uh, causes you to go blind. They're not saying that. Beyond Meat is launching a meatier version which they have plans lined up for a beef plant-based substitute, a chicken plant-based substitute, a fish uh, plant-based substitute, and it's got a lot of salt, all of these things. <laughs> a lot of salt and a lot of chemicals. So, But people don't mind. Uh, chemicals may be better than red meat, it turns out. But uh, the new formula that Beyond Meat has, you can kind of see it uh, in the aisles now. Uh, it more closely mimics the texture of beef. It comes as Tyson Foods and Nestle prepare to launch their own plant-based meat alternative. So retail makes up roughly half of Beyond's business. And I'm going to take a look at some point in time. Uh, you know, when there's a, an app that everyone starts talking about, whether it be Credit Karma many years ago, or whether it be Acorns or Robinhood, um, I tried to sign up and I tried to tell people, like, oh, this is fine. It's, it's I'll approve it. So Tuesday's announcement... Today, that they are launching a meatier version comes as the $1.44 billion market for meat substitutes prepares for new entrants from Nestle and from Tyson. I've heard the Nestle version is just awful. It's like eating cardboard. Um, the best version is considered the Impossible Burger, uh, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time to formulate this stuff perfectly or to get as many people happy. When you're mixing pea and mung beans and rice, it's a lot of protein, a lot of amino acids. Cocoa butter and coconut oil are used to create a marbling and texture that more mimics real beef. So it's interesting as heck. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. For five bucks. Um... And it was once kind of a jokey site, but it's kind of become serious business. So, like, you could say, hey, Rob, um, I'll give you $5 if you pick your nose and eat it. And I'm like, I'm not French. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. But I'll do it for $5. I'll do anything for $5, right? Fiverr has a valuation of just under $600 million. So it's not a big company. It's not one of those like uh, Ubers or Lyft where you know it has to have a serious debut to impress people. 
but they've created, they've executed over 50 million transactions between over five and a half million buyers and more than 830,000 sellers. Um, you can do something like find people to write your homework. You could, for $100, you could say, I want someone to write seven uh, term papers for me. I know you're I know, right? So that company's coming public. Now, a sexy one, CrowdStrike, says it's the first cloud-native endpoint protection platform built to stop breaches. Ticker symbol CRWD, CrowdStrike. So it's tied towards the Internet, and it's tied towards protecting data. You keep hearing stories about, you know, this company's been breached, whether it be Home Depot a few years ago or Target. You just got to change your passwords, and you got to assume that someone has your full you know, set of numbers out there. So CrowdStrike's going to have just under 200 million shares outstanding. I think this one will be a sexy one. They had a revenue of about 95 million. They had a loss of operations, uh, lost in operations of about 25 million. So it's losing money. Um, but it's also founded by a pretty good uh, DNA, so to speak. George Kurtz, he was a former chief technology officer at McAfee. It's a native endpoint protection platform built to stop breaches. It's kind of funny. Um, I remember many, many, many years ago. I was doing radio for C9 Radio, which I absolutely loved. It was kind of fun. It was a a radio station dedicated to technology. At a time when technology was exploding, people wanted to hear about who's going to be the next Yahoo or the next Google. We didn't know who Yahoo or Google was two years before. didn't last because it was too um, specific, and they didn't take anyone's money. They tried to take big tech companies' money for advertisements. If you listen to radio, you have to have mattress ads, period. (laughs) You have to. They they pay your bills. So Chewy.com... Think about selling pet food via the internet. Not new. There was a debacle, what was known as Pets.com, where you had the sock puppet. Do you remember the sock puppet? He's making commercials. Ten years ago, it was liquidated. Chewy, though, is Chewy.com. He's a newish online pet food seller for a new internet generation. Chewy, ticker symbol, it's easy, C-H-W-Y. Says its mission is to be the most trusted and convenient online destination for pets, parents, everywhere. So we're now being defined as pet parents. I'm a pet parent. Zero one one zero one one. Good puppy. Good puppy. She wait. She wags her tail a lot. She's happy. I don't know why wagging tail means you're happy, but I kind of assume that it does. Chew's growing f- uh, fast, but it's losing gobs of money because in the end, it's selling dog food. It's pretty similar to some of these other ideas out there, like grocery stores. If, in the end, they're selling groceries. Most of Chewy's sales, though, come from subscriptions, and that's growing fast. That's a, an attractive thing. Wall Street loves subscriptions. Whether it's subscriptions to Netflix or subscriptions to Costco, Wall Street loves subscriptions. It creates um, a revenue stream that is very visible. Now, again, with any of these stocks, I want you to control consult a broker advisor for talk, taking any action on anything mentioned here. I'm not pushing these. I don't make any money off these, and I don't want them. I don't like IPOs. I got some standards that says I want to see a company trade for maybe a year, two years. Hopefully, I've broken that rule. Hopefully, so I can see how it does in a good economy, bad economy, and kind of get more of a feel for it. So the AutoShip subscription program, which provides automatic ordering, payment, and delivery of products. This is a company that could very easily be acquired by Amazon. Or Amazon could say, holy macro, these guys are doing something we're not really good at, so we're going to copy it. So the auto ship customer sales jumped from $2.3 billion, uh, to up to $2.3 billion last year from $1.3 billion the year before. That's a pretty good rise. I'm chipping my nails a lot recently. It drives me crazy because I just feel them. Sales of products and services hit $70 billion in 2017, so it's a big company. It's growing at a uh, compounding annual growth rate of about 4.2% in sales. So helping to support sales growth is rising number of households with pets. We just made a movie called The Secret Life of Pets. Why? 
No, no. Secret Life of Pets 2. Dos! Um, and Louis C.K. didn't get a voice. The character that he voiced in the first one, someone else had to come in and voice it. Uh, I'm not going to the hashtag me too thing. Um, time's up. Time's up! I really got... Uh, um, it was very, very interesting time to be a man when the conversation really, and rightfully so, shifted to the hashtag movements uh, that say women deserve better than what they're getting in life from men. So... Anyhow, customers remain active on the site, spend an average of three to four times as much as they're in their third year as they did in their first year. So they got us kind of. I got a dog, 011011. I got a dog that has a special, not special, but it's it's the dog food that I'm comfortable with. Um, and I'm loyal. So now again, does this company interest me when there's like Lyfts and uh, Pinterest, Beyond Meat, Lit Uber? Uh, oh, by the way, if you shop at Chewy.com, you become a Chewtopian. <laughs> oh, that's people who actually work there. Um, but anyway, there you go. Those are your three IPOs I did a little bit of homework on, and feel free chatting about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more about it at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. There's an ETF. It's got a cute ticker symbol. It's called Vicex, V-I-C-E-X. It basically invests in sin stocks. And I throw it out there in large part because um, we, we tend to do sins in good economies and bad economies. And... I'm comfortable with that theme or that idea. Uh, I'm not telling you what to buy. I would never, ever do that. That's just not my shtick. But I want you to consider taking a look at it. Um, take a look at a, a chart of it for the last 10 years. Yeah, there's, there's a period of time where 2006, 2007, 2008, not much worked out, uh, especially 2007, 2008 time frame. Um, this could be uh, an index that you start looking at that you come back to later in life where you could look at and say, uh, it's got a very high annual expense, expense ratio. So maybe you could build your own portfolio of sin stocks and it's going for the long-term growth. It's not going for the short term, but it'll do defense and aerospace, things that kill people, alcoholic beverages, gaming and tobacco stocks. Um, and it's semi-diversified, not, not great, but semi, it's, um, some of the holdings in it, Diageo, Brown Foreman. Diageo and Brown Foreman make wine and hard liquor. And you see like Las Vegas Sands, Constellation Brands. And you know Constellation Brands does beer and marijuana. And you're like, oh, I get it. Boeing's in the group. Churchill Downs, you could actually own a horse race track, which that scares me because have you seen the news on, on horse racing? Governor of California is even getting in on it. Gavin Newsom and saying, you know, why are all these horses dying? Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker, it's good to see you again. Sarah Jessica Parker's got a horsey face. Americans are drinking less beer, though. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Americans are drinking less beer, putting pressure on mainstream beer makers. And, you know, people are trying to cut carbohydrates from... It's a health trend. Combinations created a challenging environment for the U.S. beer companies. The shift in American drinkers' taste don't mean investors should completely avoid beer stocks. Taking a look at companies that are now offering the trend of low-carb drinks, imported beers, or non-beer options. Constellation Brands is one that stands out. About 50% of the beer industry, domestic premium, premium lights, and uh, cheap beer, remains very, 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 very sluggish. 
but the low carbs and the imports kind of sexy when planning alcoholic purchases which i guess we plan them 25 percent of millennials have a specific brand whereas 52 percent of baby boomers do low carb diets are a focus calories are a focus and that's helped companies like Michelob ultra take off and yet the boom in craft and imported beers is now market share as well so there's a lot of off-trend beer volumes out there and again who knew that you could talk about trends hispanic population continues to be a catalyst for mexican imports which is dominated by Constellation Brands. Constellation Brands up 20% for the year. Mexican imports and low-carb beers have all seen bubbly gains as if it's a little little seltzer, a little, little dance, right? So wellness trends. Anyhow, down the road, all the beer companies are going to have to compete with another trend of cannabis. And it's tough to put a good correlation together between legalization of recreational marijuana and the recent decline in beer. But... There's a growing body of evidence showing that marijuana availability may reduce alcohol consumption. I, I think that's something I'd be able to morally come to terms with. Now, Constellation Brands is my play on alcohol and marijuana. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned on the show. And just be careful. Oh, it's, it's something you can look at. I don't know if it's something you should follow, if you see what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about Beyond Meat. We can talk about Chewy. Um, I think I'm pretty, am I going to say prolific? Oh, let's take a look at the markets. I was stuck looking at Yahoo, at uh, Visex. Uh, that could be kind of side-splitting. Oh, Sprint, I should mention this real quick. They're they're sliding down today. Admin reports Attorney Generals are preparing a T-Mobile merger challenge. And that could tie things up in court. It could still go through, but it could tie things up in court for a year or so. Um, so Sprint having a little bit of problem. Now, a lot of people think that President Trump kind of wants the Sprint T-Mobile thing to go through. Um, I can't put a good exact reason on it, maybe 5G, um, but Sprint is sliding on news. And T-Mobile, do we want four competitors or do we want three competitors? Let's bring in the one and the only Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Robin, doing okay, thanks. So what's the big headline today? What's screaming at you? Uh, good month of June so far. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you know you've got kind of like the, uh, uh, the the counter trend trade to what we saw in the, in May. You know, <laughs> everything is has turned around in a short amount of time, uh, and, and it's you know hinged on a very familiar pivot. And it's this idea that the Fed is going to continue to uh, support this market with with interest rate reductions. Um, you know, there's this saying that in the market that you know you kind of see um, the stocks you know um, take the stairs up and they take the elevator down and that's uh, you know been turned on its ear here because we saw you know stocks take take the stairs down uh, in May and uh, and they've taken the elevator up here in, in June uh, and you can clearly trace it back to, um, to June 4th uh, when Fed Chair Powell at that conference in Chicago, uh, in the market's mind anyway, seemingly, you know, acknowledge the likelihood that the next move is going to be an interest rate reduction happening sooner rather than later. And uh, and so you've, you know, subsequently seen the S&P 500 uh, surge, you know, upwards of 6% over the course of about five or six sessions. Um, so, so there's a clear catalyst there. And then, of course, you lump in the whole uh, notion that the tariffs on Imported goods from Mexico have been averted uh, for now, anyway, uh, and you just got a nice 
uh, big short squeeze going on. And, uh, and then you also have this um, fear of missing out trade kicking back in here uh, over the last several days. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, I heard today an argument for the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates 50 basis points in July. Um, I like the lower interest rate environment because it kind of gives a clear path for me for where I should be putting money. And I tend to go after stocks when the interest rates on the 10-year treasury is so low because it's not expecting a lot of inflation, which is kind of a nice environment. But it's also cheaper borrowing costs. Um, What do you think the Fed's going to do? What are the odds telling us that the Fed is going to do in July? And what's your opinions on that 10-year treasury? Sure. Um, you know, well, first, I mean, everything you point out, Rob, is is, is true. You know, you got low interest rates, low inflation, uh, and uh, you know that's those are good underlying structures. You know, from a fundamental standpoint, uh, for the stock market. So I don't think there's any real arguing arguing that. And so there is, you know, a fundamental case to be made after the sell off in May why one would, you know, uh, come back in and try and buy on that weakness. Um, in terms of you know what the Fed is is likely to do, uh, they meet next week, of course, and you know they're not going to do anything at the June meeting. Um, but in all likelihood, I think with some of the chatter we're hearing now, and then just kind of like giving this nod toward the idea that at least the rate cuts being considered uh, is that you're probably going to see a you know 25 basis point reduction in in July. Um, you know. The Fed has said a number of times, you know, that they're 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 somewhat constrained now in this uh, this new cycle where the uh, neutral rate is lower than it has been historically. You know, meaning they simply just don't have a lot of uh, ammunition to cut interest rates if you get into you know a real economic mess. And so I think if you know, in all likelihood, what they'll probably do is sort of walk back that December rate hike and uh, you know and start again, if you will, and uh, appease. Okay. You know, the capital markets was a 25 basis point reduction in the, in July, and then kind of sit there and, and and again emphasize this this viewpoint that they're going to continue to wait and watch and see how the data comes in after that. Sounds good. We got about a minute. Is there anything that we need to hit on real quickly? Uh, gosh, you know, I mean, everything is just kind of like sort of just hanging out there right now in front of the G20 meeting in Japan, and and everyone just you know waiting with bated breath to, to see first if you know President Trump or President Xi are even going to meet there, and secondly if they do, you know what they might agree to or or not agree to, and uh, you know I think that that's going to create the the opening for the next leg in the market either up and down, uh, depending on you know what comes out of that G20 meeting. Thanks for joining us. Sorry, it was a quick one today. We'll talk to you soon. Mr. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him online at Briefing.com. I like Briefing.com as a subscription service for a non-biased views on the world markets and domestic markets as well. Uh, Good site, Briefing.com. Good information about companies you may own. Good information about stock markets. Good information about IPOs and technical trades and things along those lines. Real solid. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. We're talking about beer. Then we're talking about the Federal Reserve. Uh, It's a good time to be an investor, in my opinion. Again, consult a broker advisor before taking action on anything ever, ever, ever. Um, Amazon's introducing a low-fee credit card. Interesting. I'll talk to you about it later in the show. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money invested in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So I found this kind of interesting yesterday. We learned 
about a new market that Amazon's talking, um, taking aim at is probably the last best way of saying that. And it's shoppers who don't have great credit. And typically, shoppers who didn't have great credit went and did something along the lines of went to like Walmart or Target. Target's got a red card. Walmart has all these layaway options trying to get you in, trying to get you to find stuff you want, trying to say we could work with your budget. So I think Amazon's going directly at this market in large part. Um, I think it's, it's kind of smart. Why leave so much money on the table that Walmart and Target are able to siphon away when you could introduce a credit card to them? It seems like a pretty responsible thing for me to say that this card's a secured credit card and Amazon and Synchrony Financial are putting it together. There'll be some budgeting tools and tips. There'll be a promise that you could eventually graduate to another Amazon store card once you've established credit. So I think they're going after, like I said, Walmart and Target customers, and yet they're still trying to put the rewards that Amazon cards give consumers and shoppers. The e-commerce giant obviously is getting a lot of little businesses here and there, but now they're also a credit card company, and they're trying to aim and work with people that have no credit history or bad credit who would be exempt from the high-quality loyalty cards can't give credit to everyone, but getting 5% cash back on purchases are going to intrigue people, right? I, I, I use the Amazon card for all my Amazon purchases. So on every year or so, I flush that money into holiday gifts or whatever it's getting flushed into. And it adds up pretty fast when you're getting 5% back on everything you're buying. So the Amazon card could open the door for a huge segment of the U.S. population where more than 11% of the population has a credit score below 550. There's a good app out there, by the way. And I highly recommend you check, take a look at it. I'm making no money off of it. Creditkarma.com. It's creditkarma.com. And uh, for me, it's also a way of monitoring my credit without really monitoring my credit because you can set up an alert that lets you know when a new card has been opened or um, acquired. Secured credit cards are kind of smart. You deposit $500 in it, then you have a $500 credit limit. If you don't pay off your credit card every month you're going to have a 28.24% interest rate. Ouch. So now suddenly I'm like, really try to figure out if this card's for you. Because it, it may be just be too much. Beyond Meat's lower today, even though they're introducing a meatier version of its plant-based Beyond Burger in stores this week. Um, at some point in time, I'm, I'll, I'll pick up some Beyond Meat and do a little taste test for you. Uh, there's Trust me, there's no shortage of people who are doing taste tests on it. Quahi Leonard uh, drives or drove a 20-year-old car even after he signed a $94 million contract. I like stories like that. Uh, Warriors pulled out a pretty big game last night, but emotionally draining, though, if you get caught into the drama. So he's 27 years old. He signed a, f- a five-year, $94 million deal in 2015, thus making, if you do the math, salary of over $23 million this past season. And he'll go into free agency and make even more money. Uh, but it's worthy of note that he had a beat-up SUV that he's had since high school that he continued driving. Why would a millionaire professional athlete hang on to a 20-year-old SUV, four-door 1997 Chevy Tahoe, with no added options? It's worth about $1,300. Um, so I think it's frugality, frugality, and some people are frugal and some people aren't. So I believe in frugality enormously. Even though, you know, I, sometimes I break that myself, but more often than not, I'm frugal. Uh, Kwahi Leonard reportedly panicked when he lost three coupons at one point. He tells Sports Illustrated um, he had coupons to Wingstop. So Wingstop sent him a fresh stack of coupons. 
for free food. Now, I know you're saying that's a little cliche, um, but I, I do like the frugality stories, even if they kind of come across as cliche. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to say, uh, and this is the most often quoted one, if you cut Starbucks out of your life, you're going to save $5 a, a cup, and that adds up. I hear you. I hear you. It's just boring to hear it 100 million times, right? Six straight up days on Wall Street. It's kind of nice. Parents are willing to take on $31,000 in debt to pay for their kids' colleges. Expenses, like rent and health insurance post-graduation. So when does the costs ever end, right? 56% of parents are ready to go into debt to pay for college tuition and willing to take on $31,000 in debt. 10% of parents already have gone into debt to pay for their children's higher education. I've got a good friend of mine who's on Facebook that every now and then I look at. I see her and her daughter, and they're, they're living a, a lovely life. Her daughter went to NYU, and her mother paid for uh you know, it, by taking money out of a 401k retirement plan, which I, I'm just not willing to do. I think that's a bad idea. I don't take money out of a retirement plan to buy a house. I don't take money out of a retirement plan to buy my kid's college. My retirement plan's for my retirement. I know it sounds that kind of oversimplified. It is. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.